0: and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 321. I'm your host, Tiki Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, he's Alex. It's about damn time we got some quality time together. Yes, a little uh, bro time. The ultimate bromance right here. Yes. Well, well, you might not want to say that because Yield might be a little jealous.
1: Who might be a little jealous?
0: Yield. Yield. I
1: mean, Yield and I recorded some classic episodes, I'll say that, but... I mean, I knew I knew you before I knew Yield, so you, I mean, you're the person who brought me to Trophy Horse, so that that shit runs deep.
0: Uh, Yield and Steve are not with us uh, this week. Yield had to work, and Steve had some family issues to take care of. Not bad, just you know, spending time with the family. I, you know, oftentimes I say things on the show, Alex, and like in my mind, it's perfectly fine to say, but then when I second, I say it, I'm like, wait, that could be taken wrong.
1: Yeah, it could, but, I mean, you know, Steve just wants to spend time with his family. Obviously, he's got a newborn, he's got two kids, he's got a wife, and, you know, Sunday, like you said, Steve comes from a big Italian family, so they have Sunday dinner together, so it's an important time, and, you know, Steve deserves a little time off to spend, as we all do, a little time off to spend with the the people who are important in his life.
0: Alright, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 33, total trophies of 8,326, with 77 Platinums. Alex? Level 29,
1: total trophy count of 6,334, and a total of 93 Platinums in 92 games, which means... You got one. Yeah, I got a new one. What'd you get? Meh, uh, I got Infamous <laughs> infamous Second Son.
0: Oh, uh, the voice changed on that. What's wrong?
1: <laughs> no, I uh, to be perfectly honest, like that game I played through the second time, the evil playthrough solely just to get the platinum. Like, I didn't enjoy that game. Like, I didn't enjoy that game starting, like, the second half of the first playthrough, but I, I just pounded through that game just to get the the platinum. It's kind of like me playing Helldivers last year where I just pounded through to get all the alien kill totals just to get the platinum trophy, to get that last trophy. So, I don't know. Uh, you know I, I've talked about Infamous Second Son before. I just don't think it's very fun. I mean, to to put it in basic terms, it's just not a fun game after, you know, the first... 6 hours, it just kind of gets tedious and monotonous and old and repetitive. So, I'm you didn't glad You like to be... the
0: story? No. I didn't care about any of the characters. I mean, I it's eh, I I cuz I I without spoiling it for anybody uh, cuz they might be playing it now. I thought the evil ending was a much better ending.
1: Yeah, it almost though. Here's the thing. Okay, spoilers, like skip ahead. Um I'll say like skip ahead a minute. So, here's the thing. Delson and Reggie, their their relationship does not change whether you are good Delson or evil Delson. Like, and Delson's almost like a, like instead of being like a villain, like you can go shoot like civilians on the street. But no matter what your ranking is, even if you're level five, which means you're infamous as a bad person, right? You're just kind of this jokester throughout the game. Like the only person who shows any kind of animosity towards you or anger towards you is Betty. Reggie, your brother, never who's a cop, never shows any kind of animosity or anger towards you. Their relationship doesn't change. So it's only that ending with Betty, uh, when you're evil, that changes everything, where you see, like, finally, like, how evil he is. But they, they did not do a good job of, like, splitting between... There's not a, a wide bay between Delson as level 5 bad and Delson as level
0: 5 good. See, I... I now... Granted, this might be uh, I because I haven't played the game, and well, I played the game recently, but I haven't. I got the platinum like three years ago when it first came out. I so I may be a little off on of my information here, but I think we should say I... that
1: if you've skipped ahead and you are one to avoid spoilers, <laughs> I went a little long, so please skip ahead another forty seconds.
0: Um, I, 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 I always took it as Delson never realized how evil he was, or. Until that final thing with Betty and then he it was just like, fuck it. I I don't think the game itself really like showed how evil he was like he in his mind, he wasn't evil until he got to that point, And then when Betty finally just said no and he did what he did, I, I think that was like the him saying, well, fuck it. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to treat me like this, then why am I even trying? To me that's too too late. Too little too late when they did that. I think so I I,
1: I take issue with the story and how everything played out. I, I think that Sucker Punch being as good of developers as they are, and obviously they created Sly Cooper, so they do characters very well. And even, you know, Cole and Zeke, maybe not the strongest characters in the world, but like they I mean, they have created some some memorable characters and done really good things with story. I think they just kind of this game almost feels rushed. Like it was just like a cat, like not a cash in, but it was like, they put their C team on it to be perfectly honest. I, I, I yeah, I, I would not, you know, I recommended to a friend downloading infamous, like after the first couple days I played it, but then after I started playing it more, I like, I wanted to go to my friend and say, actually don't waste your time because it just stops being fun after a certain point.
0: And I also think it it also suffered from the uh, the the problem of being a a PS4 launch game. That I mean, it did get delayed, so it wasn't technically a launch game. But I think it was one of those games where, like, it got the launch curse, as I call it. You know, all the games that come out at launch, they always lack something that the previous games had just to get it out the door. So this one, I guess, for I guess in basic terms, I feel like infamous second song felt a little rushed. Uh, Yield is level 25, total trophies of 4,798, 4, with 72 Platinums. Steve is level 14, total trophies of 1,744, with 4 Platinums. And Sid is level 26, total trophies of 5,589, with 71 Platinums. He's only one Platinum behind Yield now. Yield, you better get your act together.
1: Nah, yeah. well, it's bound to—you know, it seems like anytime anyone closes the gap on someone— in the trophy count that other person pulls away because you've gotten close to me in Platinums and I've pulled away a little bit. Yield's gotten close to you and you've kind of pulled away from him. So it just kind of... There's there's only so much time that each one of us can play games so like you can you can kind of catch up a little bit, but it, it's kind of hard to jump over that hill, so to speak, when you get close to somebody.
0: Well, Sid is a, a Platinum getting machine lately, so... Oh yeah,
1: he's tearing it up.
0: Yeah, he's... uh, But now that, you know he's got a He's got a wedding coming up, so his gaming time might be severely reduced coming up.
1: Very true, but also I mean, Sid takes care of you know obviously he he and his fiance they they spend time together, and Sid you know takes care of kids and he works, so I mean maybe he just has a secret, which generally the secret when you want to play a lot of games and you've got life is just lose sleep, but maybe Sid's got a secret that none of the rest of us know of, yeah.
0: All right, so let's get into what we're playing. Uh, Alex, I guess we kind of talked about what you were playing already. Not really.
1: I've gone back to an early PlayStation 4 game, and uh, I've been playing some Resogun, trying to get some of the DLC trophies from that. And, you know, I remember Shuhei Yoshida saying... That, you know, when people were talking about there weren't any games for the PlayStation 4, you know, one of the games he always mentioned was Rezogun being a really, you know, a really good game. And I feel like back then people kind of laughed it off, almost kind of like they did with, like, uh, you know, maybe more, MotorStorm for the PS3. Although, I, I, I mean, MotorStorm is a good game, but I think that Rezogun is a, is a better game than that. Uh, but, you know, I feel like Rezogun has never gotten the kind of credit it deserves and how good of a game it was because it was a, a launch title game. And it's, more, it's far more fun than Infamous Second Son. So I, I've been playing some Resogun, and I, I think that if you have never played Resogun, you definitely need to, especially if you like side-scrolling, side-scrolling shooters. Uh, it's hectic, but it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun, and it gives you a lot of new twists on the whole side-scroller genre, the shoot-em-up genre. So uh, yeah, I've been playing Resogun and just trying to to eke out a few bronzes here and there, maybe a silver or two.
0: Well, maybe you should eke out that last trophy in Crash Bandicoot. I'm noticing you got 100% there, buddy. You
1: mean the time trial? Look, I got 100% in Crash Warped and Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. I got the gym in, uh, oh, what's the, Stormy Ascent. I got the gym in it, so I finished the level. But the fact the the thought of doing a time trial and just wasting time on that, no thanks. Like, I can, I know, I mean, you can look at my trophy list. There are some games that I'm just not going to platinum or get all the trophies in, and I can accept that. But I, I've tried Stormy Ascent, I've played it like I've I've done all the other tiled trials for the levels in Crash Bandicoot. That is one time trial I will never do. Cause I'm just no. No, no, thank you.
0: And I, I know you're you're paying with uh WWE two K seventeen last year, but from what I'm hearing, the trophies in two K eighteen are actually pretty good. Really? So, I, I I can't speak from personal experience. Just from the grapevine, I heard there's no like ludicrous trophies like they had last year well i had
1: heard last year was not the first year they had a ludicrous like online trophy like but yeah i mean for me like i don't know maybe i've just kind of outgrown here's the thing like i looked at the roster for w2k18 and aside from maybe, like, a few, like, a handful of people, like, the real reason I want to buy those games, yeah, I like some current wrestlers, but the real reason is I like to go back and see, like, the legends, like, play as the legends, hear their interest music, you know, create a character. Yes. And the legends are pretty much the same. I think Papa Shango is, well, I think Papa Shango is, like, DLC or something like that um, from, like, the Hall of Fame Showcase last year or something like that. So I think he was actually in last year's game. But the legends are pretty much the same from last year. So, for me, there's no real reason to buy the new game, because I have 17, and, like, you know, it's got a lot of stuff to it, Uh, you know, not only just create a uh, wrestler, but, you know, create an arena, create uh, an entrance, like, I don't know, I just don't feel the need to buy another one of those games for a long time, if ever, because, you know, you shouldn't not buy a game because of trophies, you should buy a game if you want to buy a game, but after a while, like, even playing through the career mode on W2K17 got monotonous, and just I didn't want to do it.
0: There's only two games I played all week just because I've been busy. Uh, I destru- I got the Humble Bundle, which actually is going to be one of our topics later. Actually, it's going to be our first topic when we start talking. Uh, I, I I got the Humble Bundle, and which I got a whole bunch of games, and one of the games I got was Destroy All Humans for the PS4, which is the PS2, you know... Convert Up. So I played that for a little bit. It seems like a a good game. I'm going to go back and give that a shot. But I'm trying to finish up uh, LEGO City Undercover, which is the other game I've been playing. Uh, I finished all the levels now, went back through the free play, got everything through the free play. Now I just have to run around the big open map and grab everything else. So that's all I've really been playing. Cool story, Hansel. All right, so let's get into our first topic, which... Alex, I don't know if you really have been paying attention to the internet, but this has been creating uh, a lot of debates online. The news is IGN has acquired the pay-what-you-want game and book retailer Humble Bundle. In a blog post, Humble Bundle co-founder and CEO Jerry Rosen noted that the companies will, quote, keep our own office culture, and amazing team with IGN helping us further our plans, end quote. Aside from noting that the retailer will get additional resources and help out the deal, no other details were ex- disclosed. Uh, if you guys are not aware, in the uh, Humble Bundle is, uh, normally they give out a bunch of free games. Uh, generally, it's older games, sometimes it's newer games, but it's mostly, they got their start on uh, promoting indie developers. Uh, and you can go on and pay what you want and the money goes to charities and some of it goes to the developers and whatnot. So it's always been a really cool thing in the post humble bundle noted that the platform has raised 106 million for various charities, various charities in the 70 years since it launched its first bundle. While the platform could do a lot with funding from a media titan like IGN, there's obvious concern over potential conflicts of interest within the game reviewing publication owning a game selling retailer. Um, uh, This article is coming from Engadget. They reached out to both IGN and Humble Bundle for a comment. They did not hear back yet. From Humble Bundle's blog post, it seems like IGN will leave it more to to operate more and more or less independently. Quote, the idea is just to feed them with the resources they need to keep doing what they're doing. We want to stick to the fundamentals in short term. We don't want to disrupt anything we're doing right now. Uh, That was by IGN Executive Vice President Mitch Galbraith. Um, And because of the shared vision overlap of our customer bases, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Now, this is causing some buzz there, Alex, because a lot of people think that IGN is going to destroy Humble Bundle and what it stands for. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I will
1: say that, you know, IGN has shown a – in in the past, they have, you know – been helpful with charity events they ign was actually part of extra life one year i don't know if they've done it every year since then but they definitely they they definitely are part of extra life so they have shown support for that uh and i think that you know ign and its mark its ability to market and its footprint on the web on the internet can definitely make humble bundle bring humble bundle to more people and, and and shed more light on it and make it more visible to people so i think that's a good thing as far as like a conflict of interest um, the only way I could see a conflict of interest would be if they, they use certain relationships or like review scores or something like that to pick out the games or to influence uh, the games in any way, they're chosen
0: in any way. Well, See, that's part of the controversy is because they're saying that it's a conflict of interest because if if they want to put game A into the Humble Bundle, they're saying that IGN has the ability to Give it a more favorable review score to push it. So, and then be you know, and everybody's assuming that when you see the the games on Humblebundle.com, dot com, that next to it is going to be a link to the IGN article saying the review score, and that IGN has the ability to say, well, in normal we would re- we we would rate this game a seven, but because we're putting it in a humble bundle, we're going to give it an eight or a nine, and that's where they're saying that the conflict of interest lies. I. I I me personally I think that's it's a little inflammatory to say that because you're you're questioning the integrity of IGN but I also on the flip side I could see it happening as well.
1: Well, here's another thing like game makers would have to approve their game being part of the Humble bundle and it's not like you're going to have a game developer like they talked about the review scores and then possibly reviewing games um more favorably to kind of increase, you know, sales for them. But the thing is, is like as mentioned in the article, they typically tend to be older games they put on there, because game makers obviously want to recoup as much of their losses and make as much money as possible up front, so they want to sell their game to more people, but it's still at a decent price. So it's not like IGN would have a list when they're doing reviews, co- review co- scores, and like when games release a list of games that were scheduled to be on the Humble Bundle. I think it would be much further down the road. So IGN would not be able to determine. Okay, well, this game's gonna eventually be in the humble bundle. I've got to give it this score. So I don't necessarily think that would be an issue.
0: I mean, only time will tell, honestly. But it's one of those things we got to be careful with, you know. I I just I really don't want to see humble bundle fall. And I know with the the back end of IGN, it could be better. But a lot of people worried, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm worried, but. I'm definitely a little concerned about it.
1: Well, the only thing that I can see wrong with this is that IGN bought Humble Bundle for the wrong reasons. I'm not saying they did because, again, like I've said, they've helped with charity events before. So maybe they just want to increase the influence of the charity event and help uh, more kids, raise more money, raise awareness, and that's fantastic. But the only way that I can see this being an issue is that they simply bought it in order to make, the, make IGN look better and kind of increase favor for IGN through that kind of using. Um, and I think I should specify again, I'm not saying they are, I don't know why I'm assuming that they have bought this to bring more awareness to the humble bundle and make the humble bundle stronger. But that's the only thing that I can see wrong with it is that for are they're, they're buying it for the wrong reason.
0: Let's move on to our next topic, which is Sony has outlined the next wave of over 60 PS VR games. Tricky has an, all of them pre-ordered. No, I don't. In an article coming from IGN, uh, the article reads, Sony wants to immerse yourself in virtual re- virtual worlds and outlined plenty of chances to do so in the upcoming year. On the official PlayStation blog, Sony showed off 60 games coming later this year into 2018 like Sony's own Gran Turismo Sport. Other notable games coming to the PlayStation VR include Supergiant's Bravo Team, Bethesda's Skyrim VR, and Doom uh vfr uh moss first shown during uh e3 is also coming to the psvr before the close of 2017 uh in 2018 psvr exclusive Gollum is scheduled to release as well as a samurai punk pty how do you say that pty
1: well i'm looking for this let me just point out to you tricky that if it's on the playstation blog you don't need to cite ign you can well, just no, take just... it from that from the we we got this from the I, I I saw this article on the PlayStation blog, so we don't need to cite IGN for something we're taking from the PlayStation blog.
0: Well, I'm just I, I'm reading IGN's article, so I just uh, anyway. Uh, also coming in 2018, but buried in the blog post is virtual reality realization of Pennytell's famous Desert Bus as part of Pennytell's VR. Frankly, unfair, unkind, unnecessary, underhand. And if you're unfamiliar, Desert Bus requires you to drive a bus in real time from Tucson, Arizona, to Las Vegas, Nevada.
1: So, I mean, there are a couple games. I don't have a, a VR, so, I mean, I can't buy any of these games, but obviously, super massive Games, the the people who created the fantastic Until Dawn, which is a great game to be playing now during the holiday season, I should say the spooky Halloween season. They've got two games in here, uh, one of them being the Inpatient, which is actually a prequel to Until Dawn, so... That is something that would de- I would definitely want to pick up. But I mean, there's you mentioned Moss, which has a cute mouse character, and given the fact that I am a huge fan of colorful games that have cutesy anthropomorphic characters, like say Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank, like that is a game I would be interested in. There, there's also a Pixel Junk game, Pixel Junk VR, by Q Games. Obviously, they did Pixel Junk Size Grower, Pixel Junk Shooter, Pixel Junk Shooter Two. It's called Pixel Junk VR Dead Hungry, where you feed zombies out of a food truck, which Seems like a fantastic idea. So that is something that I would actually really like to play. Uh, There's also Megaton Rainfall, which is where you're a superhero and you're trying to stop an alien invasion. There are definitely some games in here that would actually make me think if I had this spare income to do it. It's like maybe I need to get a PlayStation VR because this is quite a bit of support for the VR in early 2018.
0: All right, our last topic or last news story is one that you found, Alex. Uh, GameStop's Assassin's Creed pre-order campaign seems to poke fun at pre-order campaigns. The GameStop advertisement says, sorry, this bonus mission is blocked unless you pre-order Assassin's Creed Origins. And then, you know, it's got some GameStop logos and, you know, it says pre-order on it.
1: Which, I mean, for for years, gamers have been really pissed because they felt like a lot of content... That's in the game has been locked away as bonus content and you have to pay extra for it even though it's, say, on the disc or planned ahead of time. And people feel that if you pay money, you know, if you pay the full amount, you should be able to get that content instead of having to go through a certain retailer or pay an extra amount of money and later as DLC. So, I mean, really, this kind of reminds me of – and you see it in games often, but one specific game I remember – of poking fun at video game nonsense like this, but yet still having the nonsense in the game and making you do it was the Simpsons eek e a Simpsons game by EA do you remember that it was an early p s three game
0: uh vaguely so th- that
1: game would do a lot to poke fun. I think it was one where like if you got the if you press start you got a trophy for that. But they did a lot of stuff in the game to poke fun at stuff that was wrong or shitty within games, but they still kept those things within the game and made you do them. Like, for instance, your character died if they fell in the water because they couldn't swim. Right. Which is terrible. I mean, like, come on now. It's a video game. I should be able to swim. Yeah, I mean, if Link doesn't die from drowning when he has iron boots on sinking to the bottom of Lake Helia, then I shouldn't die in a Simpsons game from just falling in the water. I should be able to swim. You know, like I said, the Simpsons game had those tropes in there, like pointed them out, and then but still did them. It's like, wait a minute, you don't get to pull that bullshit just simply by pointing it out. Like that's still committing like a video game sin. It's still shitty.
0: Well, there's a a paragraph in the article which I just read, uh, and I think it kind of like explains the whole situation. It says the issue the issue where hold on,
1: where did this come from? It came from Destructoid, correct?
0: Yes, Destructoid. Uh, it says the issue with this joke is that it's an open admittance of customers' frustration satirized then per- perpetrated by the company that gladly falls in line with pre-order culture's annoying tactics heavily pushing them on games with zero hesitation as if GameStop was saying quote man isn't this bullshit that publishers do pre-order stuff like this end quote before immediately following it up with quote please pre-order Assassin's Creed Origins end quote which is that's why people are upset about this but I don't get upset with pre-order things. What I get upset with is that there are different pre-order options. And with whether you pre-order from Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, it's like if a game's coming out and it has three different pre-order options and it's all tied to a certain retailer, you're basically telling me I got to buy three copies of the game to get all the pre-order stuff that I want, which I think is bullshit. But, if it's if ultimately I can quote pay pay for that content or get that content for free later, then I'm fine with it. But it's like I've got it all digital, and there's uh Assassin's Creed uh, Origins pre order bundle from GameStop, and there's one from uh, Amazon, and they both have two different the two different statues, and I want both statues, but I'm not buying the game twice. So that's where I get pissed off with uh, pre orders.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously GameStop, like, I went in to buy a Super Nintendo Classic to one of my local GameStops, actually one in the mall next to where I work, and they told me, you know, that if someone doesn't pick up their pre-order Super Nintendo Classic, like, maybe two or three days after uh, the release, then someone can come in and buy that. So a lot of times GameStop wants you to pre-order with them because if you don't pick it up after a certain amount of time, they get your five bucks or ten bucks or however much it is, but then they can sell the game to somebody else. So, like, it's just extra money they can make if you decide not to come pick it up or forget about it.
0: See, and I always thought that was bullshit because if I pre-ordered it and my money's there, then it's mine. If I pre-ordered something and for some reason I just – I couldn't come get it for whatever reason. My car broke down. I wasn't able to travel across town. And then you have my money, but you sold my product. I, I always thought that was bullshit.
1: Well, with, you know, the pre-order, you only pay a part of the, the cost. So, I mean – Well, that's –
0: yeah, well, that's what most people do, but you can pay it off. So you walk in, just basically walk out with the game or whatever the content is.
1: Well, I would assume that if you pay off the entire amount, then they're going to keep the game for you. They can't nope.
0: sell it. They no, because that's what they did for me. It was uh, what it was years ago. Uh, some game I pre-ordered and paid off, and I went in like three days later because I was uh, it was during the snow season at work, and I was working twelve hour shifts, and I wasn't able to go to gamestop and pick it up. I went in. Maybe like a week after the game came out, and they said, oh, sorry, we sold it. Here's $100 in store credit. And that's the money that I paid for the pre-order.
1: Well, I mean, as long as you got some money back, I mean, you can still use... Oh well, no, I got my I mean, money
0: back, but it, I couldn't get the collector's edition no more. Well, who cares? Which I thought was bullshit. Let's be,
1: Let's be honest, and we know how I feel about this. If you're a new listener, then I guess you don't, so I'll reiterate collector's editions, like, everyone wants like a collector's edition until two months later down the road when they realize everything they got in the collector's edition they don't give a fuck about anymore and it's better off on a yard sale somewhere. Let me ask you, like, one, I think we should do a PG spoilers about have the goddess on there and talk about all the bullshit that you have around that apartment <laughs> and how she hates it and it's useless and need
0: to get rid of it. She She doesn't necessarily hate the statues, what she hates is that I keep the boxes that the statues came in. Because my philosophy is if I ever have to move, I want to be able to put the statue in its proper case so it doesn't get broken in the move.
1: Well, I mean, I kept my PlayStation 4 box, so if I ever move again, then I can, or if I need to take my PlayStation 4 somewhere, I can just put it in the box and it'll be safer than just rolling around, you know, anywhere and everywhere.
0: Right. Right. So she doesn't care about the statue. She cares that I keep the boxes. Well, clearly, you clearly you
1: just buy too much shit, and that's what we learned from your pop, your brief pop figure obsession, where you had a thousand pops in one
0: day. Well, oh, it wasn't a thousand pops in one day. I spent a thousand dollars in one day.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That's so much better. Spending a thousand dollars a day in one day on pops. It's almost like you went on like a Black Friday shopping craze.
0: Spending a thousand dollars on pops is a lot different from spending, buying a thousand pops, which would have cost me ten thousand dollars. There's a big difference in that. Here's my point: it's still absurd to do that. It is absurd. All right, so that is the end of our topics. Now let's go in. Let's. G- <coughs> I can't stop smoking while I'm recording. All right, so that is the end of our topics. No, 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 let's no, no.
1: Go- you need to stop smoking. Period. Nothing good. Nothing I was, good comes from smoking.
0: I was taking that out of the show, or you. I was gonna have you take that out of the show.
1: I am doing uh, as least possible uh, editing as there can be, so no, that will stay in the show. That is a health advisory to anyone who's thinking about picking up smoking. Don't do that shit. It ain't good for you.
0: All right, uh, let's do some trophy advisory and go to this week's Sophie's Trophy.
2: Hey guys, how you all doing? Welcome to Sophie's Trophies episode 14. Uh, This week I am going to talk about uh, Batman Return to Arkham, Arkham City. Recently I got the platinum in Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, the remaster, and decided to have a go at Arkham City. Um, The only reason I never actually platinum this game on the PS3 was two reasons. One is you have to do everything twice, all the side quests, The whole story. The only thing you don't have to do twice, um, as far as I can tell, are the Riddler trophies. They carry on through two playthroughs. You know, and the trophy called Storyteller, which is have 12 murderous dates with Calendar Man. Now, at the beginning of the game, you go into the courthouse and you can find him at the bottom in a cell. Next to him is a map. I'm very sorry, it's not a map, it's a calendar. With uh, dates circled on it. There are 12 dates. One for every month of the year. Um, The whole point to this is. You go and see him on those dates. And talk to him. And he will tell you a story. uh, About a crime he's committed. Either on or to do with that date. Now. I never did this on the PS3. Because I just. I kept forgetting to be honest. You know you have to go and see him on those days. And it is dictated by your PlayStation's internal clock but there is a way to do it and so i did it now the whole thing is you have to change the um date inside your ps3 or your ps4 now with the ps3 it's a bit more of a pain to be honest because you have to exit the game and shut the game down to change it with the ps4 you don't you just come back to the xmb bar and go and change the date um The best way to do it, to be honest, is do it at the start um, as soon as you can because of the simple fact that it can corrupt your save. So if you've done a lot beforehand and you do this and it doesn't work, you lose quite a bit. Now, all you need to do is change the dates. Um, So the first one is January 1st, New Year's Day. So change it to that date, go back in, talk to him, listen to his story when he sits back down. Head out of the courthouse. It's very simple to do. Just run around a couple of corners, go up some stairs and out a door. Wait for the game to auto save. Don't try anything until it's finished auto saving. Once it's done that, exit to your XMB, change your date, and go back in and talk to him. Now, the dates um, are these. Obviously, New Year's Day, like I mentioned, then February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day, April 1st, April Fool's Day, uh, May 14th, Mother's Day, that is the American Mother's Day, not the UK or Europe, June 18th, Father's Day, again the American, July 4th, Independence Day, August 16th, St. Roche's Day, September 14th is Labour Day, October 31st, Halloween, November 23rd is Thanksgiving, And December 25th, Christmas Day. Now, if you do all of these, um, and then go back and look in his cell, you'll find somebody hanging in there. No idea who it is, just a random random thug by the looks of it. Um, So, obviously, Calendar Man tells you his stories, and then he escapes. Um, Right, so, the game itself. Let's have a look at the Platinum. It's a great game. Really, really well made. The Platinum is uh, 1.1. That is an ultra rare. Um, It's going to be a pain. And to be honest, I may not do it. It all depends on whether I have time to play through everything twice. Like I say, I don't like games that make you do that. Um, It is quite annoying. Because this game is a big game. They really didn't need to pad it out by making you do that. I will do all of the Riddler challenges. And I will do all of the combat challenges and predator challenges i'll get everything done in the game it's just whether or not i do the story the side quest twice because it does take a while other than that it is a great game well worth your time and next week um is a game that i was going to do this week but to be honest i've been sorting the house out and emptying my garage and various things because we're having a new kitchen put in so i've not really had time to do too much writing down of things, but uh, next week is going to be Ratchet and Clank, and it is a trophy I'm hoping to help Tricky get. Um, so, hopefully, I'll be able to uh, tell him how to do it and give him a bit of a, a fighting chance. So, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, as always, siders 1978 on the PSN, Sid at Proven Gamer on the email, through the Trophy horse Facebook group, of course. And also at Sydney on the Twitter. So yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon, and keep getting those trophies. Bye.
0: All right, and we're back. Thank you, Sid, for that this week's Sophie's trophy.
2: Let's go into
0: our topic of the week now. Alex, I'm, I know you're probably not going to be fully aware of this whole situation because there's been a lot of uh, talk about loot boxes over the last week. Uh, games are. People are saying that they're pissed off at how much loot boxes are in games, that certain things that they want are only behind a paywall in these lo- exclusive uh, loot boxes. And one of the arguments when it comes to loot boxes is whether or not loot boxes were considered gambling. Now, are you aware of any of this going on, Alex?
1: Uh, I saw articles, but I didn't didn't read them. Explain it to me so I can not sound like a dumbass when I talk about it here on the show.
0: All right, so there are loot boxes in uh, Destiny which people are getting pissed off because uh, there are certain shaders within Destiny that you can only get inside of loot boxes. You can't go to the store and buy your particular shader. Um, And one other element to the the shader's argument is that they are one-time use, that once you use it and you switch it, the Previous one is gone completely, and you have to wait until you can get it again from another possible loot box. And uh, NBA 2K17 uh, 2K18 uh, has loot boxes, uh, that's been going back and forth because there are certain things within the loot boxes that you could get. Uh, they're talking about Battlefront 2 having loot boxes, and that some of the stuff that's in the boxes. Uh, makes it pay to win because you can pay to get exclusive stuff out of the loot boxes that you can't get earn in-game. Uh Middle-Earth Shadow of War, in which there are exclusive premium orcs that you can only get in the loot boxes. You cannot get outside of the loot boxes. I know NBA, uh, WWE 2K18 has loot boxes, although 2K has come out and said that the stuff inside the loot boxes it, it within... um. WWE is only, it's not, it's all cosmetic stuff. It's not anything to help create your character better or make your characters better or anything like that. It's all cosmetic stuff. Through all of that, one of the arguments is whether or not loot boxes are considered gambling because you're you're paying money to maybe get a prize. And there's been a lot of conversation back and forth because the... Whether or not it's gambling is because there are people that are saying that it's not gambling because you're paying money and you are guaranteed to get something back, although it may not be something that you want. And there's other people saying that it is gambling because you are going into a, 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 a quote-unquote a raffle to win something, and you're not guaranteed to get the, the desired prize that you want. So that that's... The argument, before we go into our topic of the week, uh, that's basically the argument about whether or not loot boxes are gambling or whatnot.
1: Well, I mean, here's the thing. Would you consider buying a pack of, like, basketball cards or Pokemon cards gambling? Because you're guaranteed to get something, but you're not guaranteed to get— you, I mean, you might get a duplicate card that you already have or a bunch of duplicate cards, or you may not get the special hologram card that you necessarily want.
0: So are those now gambling? Well, that that's also part of the, the conversation is because— the the reason the gambling aspect came up in this whole scenario is because people are concerned that they're promoting gambling te- tendencies to children, and that was one. Uh, I I was listening to the kind of funny games daily, in which uh, Tim Gettys said that he goes, you know, for years we went out and bought Magic the Gathering cards, Yu Gi Oh cards, Pokemon cards. And we, you know, we always bought those booster packs to maybe get the card we want, and most times it was doubles. So, like, how far down that rabbit hole do we go?
1: Do do I think it's gambling? I mean, no. I mean, you're getting something, just like in in a card pack, you're getting something of value for your money. It may not be what you want but that's not gambling with gambling you either you can you know put in some money on a horse race or like a slot machine and you may not get you may get a, you know something great you may get a great return or you may get nothing i think that the chance to lose your money and get nothing is what makes it gambling i think that if you get something of value you know whether it be virtual goods or cards or something like that i don't think it makes it gambling it's kind of it's new territory and i think that's what makes it so confusing but for me whenever you get you pay money and you get some kind of return on that, some kind of value back. Like that's, I mean, you're guaranteed something back. So I think that you, it's not gambling. Like I think the the ability to put in money and get nothing back makes it gambling. Like a lottery ticket. Like you may get a scratch off that gives you $5 back or you may get a scratch off that gives you nothing. To me, that's gambling. But if you're getting something, you're paying for something a good, a service, a product, and you're getting something in return, maybe it's not what you want, but you're still getting something, you're not gambling your money, you're paying it.
0: right, so that's going to lead us into what our topic of the week is this week, because uh, the ESRB uh, has done an investigation and they have determined that loot boxes are not considered gambling. The ESRB sent a letter to IGN and the statement reads as as the following, quote, while there are elements of chance in these mechanics, the player is always guaranteed to receive in-game content, even if the player unfortunately receives something they don't want. We think of it as a similar principle to collecting card games. Sometimes you'll open a pack and get a brand new holographic card. You had your eye on for a while, as we've said, this is a, this is me speaking, uh, that we've said this. Uh, but other times, you'll end up with a pack of cards you already have. Should there be gambling-related mechanics in-game, ESRB assigns one of the two content descriptors as part of the rating. Simulated gambling, players can simulate gambling with without betting or wagering real cash or currency, and, quote, real gambling, where players can actually gamble, include betting or wagering real cash or currency. If there's any real g- gambling in a game or app, it will always receive an adults-only rating. So... The ESRB has, has determined that loot boxes are not considered gambling.
1: Here's what I'll say, because in Kentucky, you know, there are certain rules that apply to this where you can, you know, there could be gambling, obviously, at horse races, but we don't have casinos. Whereas because there have been people in Kentucky who are like, well, what if people lose all their money, blah, blah, blah. There are people who don't like the idea of having casinos in Kentucky. Well, you know what? You can go across the river to Indiana and spend your money. It's not that far to get to a casino. Instead of blocking kids off from gambling, how about we just sit down and explain to them the value of saving money and spending money wisely? It's almost like trying to completely shelter kids from sex. Like, why don't we just teach our kids and have these conversations instead of saying, no, this is bad. You can't see this.
0: Well, see, the same thing in New York. We have a casino in New York, uh, the Empire Casino. That you can go in and do uh, slot machines, but they don't offer table games. They don't offer blackjack unless it's an electronic game. Uh, they don't offer poker or anything like that. They don't offer anything that not electronically done through a slot machine or whatnot. But if I wanted to go gamble, I could just cross the state line, go into Jersey, and go down to Atlantic City. So the the whole thing is is... Are we teaching our kids with these games that it's fun to gamble? Even though they're saying loot boxes are not gambling, but are we teaching our kids that there's some kind of a thrill in taking a chance, I guess, so to speak?
1: You know, I think that in life we teach people that take—sometimes in life you have to take a chance for anything great to happen. You just can't wait something for something great to happen— out of nowhere to fall in your lap. You know, obviously jobs and professions or relationships, uh, love, all that kind of stuff, you have to take chances sometimes. You have to take risks. So we can't always make ourselves risk-diverse. But with money, like if you teach a kid, if you let a kid, like, say, gamble on in, – like in some game, if you let them gamble on getting a certain character or, like, costume for their character, and then they don't get – what they want or they don't get anything for it or they get no money that they can actually use to spend on more things do you th- and, and you say to that kid well you've spent your money you have none and you can't buy anything else you want do you not think that's going to make the kid say well this isn't very fun maybe i shouldn't gamble because now i you know i had this much money to put towards this game and i gambled it and now i have no money to spend on or buy anything does does anyone not think the kids won't like the ability to you know spend money on things like See, like maybe I, maybe I wasn't maybe I wasn't very clear with that. Like say you give a kid an allowance. You give a kid $5 and you say, "Okay, you can buy a pack of Pokémon cards with this." Or you can you can you can bet it with your friends or like bet it with your parents. You can gamble it and if you do this meet this criteria or if the dice rolls a certain way, you get double your money, you can buy more. So you take the chance they take the chance and you roll the dice and the kid loses and the kid you take the kid's $5 away and you save the kid okay, well now you have nothing, you can't buy a pack of Pokemon cards, there is, you know, you, you're you done, that's all you have. Does anyone not think the kid's going to be like, wow, that really sucks, why would I take the chance when I can have a sure thing with the $5 and the pack of cards? Some kids might not, but a lot of kids might.
0: Yeah, I, like, you, you say that, and I just, like, I, I want to tell a story real quick, uh, I know I'm going to get off topic real quick, uh, but you, you talk about the kids' choices, and it reminded me of my daughter's choice. Uh, my daughter gets an allowance from her mother, and uh, my daughter has saved up close to $100. And the other day, my daughter's mother asked her, she says, what do you want to do with your money? And my daughter, without hesitation, said, I want to give, uh, I want to give Daddy $50. And when she asked why, she goes, because I want to donate to Extra Life, because I know he does a charity. So instinctively, I think it's how we teach our kids how to do money. I mean, I never asked my daughter for money for Extra Life. I didn't, didn't even mention it to her. Uh, but instinctively, I think if we set an example of what to do with money and whatnot, kids will instinctively learn how what to do with their money. And if they want to spend money on their game – a, to me, it's a lesson learned. If they if they spend money in Destiny or Battlefront or whatever game they're playing, uh, first of all, your kids should not be playing, uh, you know, certain games. Just putting it out there. Uh, but if they want to spend their money on the game, then it's a lesson learned that either they're not going to have all the money in the world that they want, and they'll learn to spend their money more wisely. Or with that, you know, it's it's. When it comes to things like teaching a kid – are we teaching kids to gamble? I, I'm on the fence with it, but on the same token, whether I'm okay with it or not, I'm still under the impression that you, you have to let your kid trip and fall in order for them to learn sometimes. You can't just tell them and expect them to understand. They have to go through that life experience. You
1: can't shelter kids from everything and expect them to – to come out always well adjusted maybe it works sometimes maybe you know maybe not but you have to talk about these things with your kid and you have to teach them what is right and what is wrong and what is smart and what is not and you have to allow them to make their own decisions you you cannot just say you can't see this because of this stay away from this you have to explain to them why it's bad and like you said let them trip and fall let them make their own mistakes and learn from their own mistakes but you ha- we have to be more open about this with kids, just like many other things. You can't just say, this is boarded off, this is walled off, don't touch this. It's like, like in The Lion King where Mufasa tells Simba, you don't go to where the sun doesn't touch or you don't go to the elephant graveyard. What does Simba do? He immediately runs to the elephant graveyard. I mean, you've got to have that conversation with your kid and then let your kid make their own decision. Show them and help them understand as opposed to telling them what they can't
0: do. See, the same thing, like, I'm just going to reiterate, like, one of my daughter's favorite games to play is Roblox, and she, the other day, she asked me, uh, you know, can she spend money to buy Robux, I think they're called. She's, She's sitting on my lap right now, so she just gave me a thumbs up, and, like, I told her, I said, listen, I'll, you know, I'll pay $5 to get you some Robux, and that's it, she goes, and... From this day, she still has all those roadblocks, except for, the like, the 20 she spent. Oh, no, she, she's now giving me a thumbs-down, so I guess she spent them all. So I was about to give you praise on the podcast, and you just... Now nah, she's gritting ear to ear. Uh, so, we'll right, okay, that's what I was about to say. But it, it all comes down to, you know, responsibility. And you have to have responsibility. So whether or not it's gambling, I'm not even going to weigh in on that. But like, I, I think me and Alex are pretty much agreed on the fact that it really comes down to responsibility. I mean, you can't shelter them whether or not it's gambling. I'm not going to go down that path because it's, that's not really a concern of mine, because what my concern is, whether it's gambling or not, are we teaching whoever a parent, a kid, or you know, adult, whatever are, are we teaching that person to be responsible? because there's got, everything's got to be done in moderation. I, I without a doubt, I've spent money on uh, Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, but I knew going into it the money I was spending, and I knew what I was getting. It wasn't a loot box situation, but it was, you know, I was paying for content, and you got, you know, I, I play poker, and I do that in moderation, too. Like, I, I know that going into a game, I'm technically gambling, and I could lose money. So it's 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 one of those things you have to learn with your life and it's you have to do everything in moderation so to speak. Be aware that there are enough people out there that are buying these loot boxes and it's making it profitable for these these developers because these developers after they ship their game unless they sell you a season pass or a DLC, you know, especially with these free free to play games. These loot boxes and these microtransactions are what drives the servers and whatnot. And just, you know, a staggering fact for you, you know, however you feel about loot boxes or not, uh, Blizzard has come out and sa- and admitted uh, that last year alone on Overwatch, they made close to $3.3 billion just on loot boxes alone. So that tells you how profitable those boxes are for them. All right, let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. ProvingGamer.com is looking for some staff members, looking for some writers, podcasters, video editors, news reporters, and generalized help with the site. If you're interested in applying, go to com, click on the Help Water Tab, and fill out the application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of our articles and all of our videos. Speaking of our videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. You can also catch me and other people randomly streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Gamer. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is the phone number. Phone number is 330-776-8369. That's 330-proven-9. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can contact the site at Proving Gamer. You can contact the show at Trophy Horse. You can contact me at Tricky Mick. Contact Alex at Saunders Rex. You can contact Yielded. I yield to no one. And you can contact Steven at BatChild27. If you want to send us an email, the, tr- the email is trophyhorse at ProvingGamer.com. Also, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can click the SpeakPipe app, which is found on the top right of Proving Gamer and also on our Facebook page. Uh, which is facebook.com backslash proving gamer. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. But be sure to listen to our other podcasts PG Spoilers, the Smart Marks, Nintendo Dual Screens, and Game Stuff. All of our podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play. Tune in and you can listen to Trophy Horse and the Smart Marks. Where, Alex? iHeartRadio. <laughs> If you want to get involved in our communities, there are three communities for you to get involved in. The first one is the one for the site, which is called Proving Gamer. There's one for the show, which is called T Does Brothel. Why, Alex? Because Shuhei won't let us say whores on the network. I'm very glad that you actually know how to say his name. Shehu. And you can get involved in Yield's PlayStation community, which is called the Platinum Guild. If you have a new Platinum, post a picture in there, and he will be sure to give you recognition. That is going to be the end of our housekeeping, but we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is Extra Life. Alex, tell everybody about Extra Life.
1: So Extra Life is an annual gaming charity event run to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. If you want to sign up and play this year... It's a 24-hour, 25-hour gaming marathon. It's an all-day event, whichever it is. And uh, you go to extra-life.org to sign up. You can join a team, you can start a team, or you can play solo. From there, you select a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent, and then you get collecting donations or sponsorships for your your full-day gaming marathon. November 4th is the day, and really, if you want to talk to friends, family, co-workers to get sponsorships, what you really need to tell them is that 100% of the money they donate goes to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital, the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that you have opted to represent. So, the motto for Extra Life is Play Games, Heal Kids. It's a win-win situation, so you're doing really awesome things for the Children's Miracle Network Hospital, whichever one you opt to represent, and you get to play video games for an entire day. I'd say that's a pretty good, pretty good thing, so... Extra Life, extra-life.org, November 4th. Get uh, If you haven't signed up, go ahead and do it as soon as possible.
0: And if you want to donate to me, because I want to be the highest person on the Proven Gamer Team, go to tinyurl backslash trickymick2017 and donate. I had to do a shameless plug. I can't let Luke beat me in donations again this year. Wow, no reaction from Alex. Still, no reaction from Alex. I was hoping you would move on if I ignored you. <laughs> uh. All right, and our other sponsor is Amazon. If you couldn't, would each and every time you do your shopping on Amazon, please stop by Proving Gamer first. Click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. Doesn't cost you anything extra and does help out the site tremendously. Also, we have launched a Patreon. Uh, We are trying to raise money for the staff. If you could and would, please go to patreon.com backslash proving gamer and check out all of the tiers. There are tiers to help out the writers, there's tiers to help out the podcasters, and there's tiers to help out everybody on the site. There are individual rewards, including uh, doing a fifth podcast, which includes all the proving gamer staff. There's uh, YouTube videos, there's many perks please go in and check it out. That's patreon.com backslash proven gamer. All right. With that being said, let's close out the show with some shout outs. Alex, I'm going to let you start it off.
1: All right. So as always, I want to thank the listeners, the fans for listening and devoting some time every, every there, every, uh, every week to hang out with us, to, to listen to our opinions, our banter, uh, we appreciate you guys for fueling this fire, the gasoline to the trophy horse fire. Thank you all for pushing us to the to where we are and helping the show grow to even even better things, as, as Buzz Lightyear would say, to infinity and beyond. So thank you to the listeners. Also, we want to I want to give a shout out just to to Sid for uh, you know he doesn't really think he's part of the show, but we all certainly do, and we appreciate how much he does. Uh, even even if he thinks it's just a little bit, we appreciate his. Uh, Dedication to doing Sophie trophies every week, and to making it even better than it was before, and putting some you know feeling behind it, and you know like we said, Sid's crushing it on platinums late lately. So, thank you to Sid for giving his expertise on trophies every week. A shout out to Guerrilla Games who has announced that the Frozen Wilds, which comes out on November 7th, will be the first and only downloadable content for Horizon Zero Dawn. So if you're looking forward to Frozen Wilds. Just kind of know that that's the, the last bit of content we're going to get for Horizon Zero Dawn. So hopefully that means Guerrilla Games is working on Horizon 2 very shortly.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, how do you feel about that, being that we're only getting one piece of DLC for Horizon?
1: I'm fine with that because the, the full game was enough for me. So I didn't even need the Frozen Wilds. Really? Yeah. I, I enjoyed the game. And, you know, I, I will play the Frozen Wilds, but to me, it's just kind of like I, I felt sated. I felt full after Horizon Zero Dawn, so it's not like I need extra content. It's appreciated, but not needed, so.
0: I got what you say. All right, and I want to give a shout-out to whoa, the- Whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa. Really? I'm sorry,
0: I'm sorry. Did you forget the most important I... shout-out of all? Yes, I did. I, well, I didn't forget it. I just, I was trying to move on and I I laughs in judgment.
1: Alright, Trophy Horse Nation, you know what we think we need from Tricky? I think we need an apology. I'm sorry, Chelsea. Damn right. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Chelsea. Uh, I love you, sweethearts. Thank you for all the support. For supporting me, for supporting Trophy Horse, for supporting the site, and for putting up with Tricky being the first friend of quest. You got from one of my <laughs> one of my side of the aisle. So uh
0: What was I the first?
1: You were the first. So uh thank you, honey, for all your support.
0: I honestly when I when I sent the friend request, I was like, should I send this? I'm pretty sure
1: you've always been the first friend. Like family hasn't, like, you're always the first friend.
0: See, I when I send that friend request, I'm always like worried, like, should I do this or should I not do this? Because she really doesn't know me, but you know, she's part of the family now, so we should be friends on Facebook because, you know, I I don't know. It's like, it's one of those weird things. Like if, if, if our significant others don't really get what we do, like, you know what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. We can read between the lines. So thank you.
0: Uh, but with that being said, I, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Give a shout out to sweet mama D who was sitting on my lap. Uh, helping me podcast for a few minutes. Uh, Shout out to the goddess who's out walking my dog, Zuccarella. We finally nailed down a name for her. Uh, She's named after uh, my favorite New York Ranger.
1: You might want to rip that nail up and try again. Why is that? Because that dog needs a new name. What's wrong with Zuccarella? That name is as ugly as that dog's butt.
0: You know, I had a response to that, but it was going to come off really wrong, so I'm not going to do that. No, see, okay. The, here's the thing. I will, Me and Steven were talking one day, and he came up with the name Zuccarella. The goddess wants to name the dog Bella. So my daughter, trying to play Peacekeeper, said we should name the dog Zuccarella. But you went out... I, I we I I put my foot down, and we're calling her Zuccarella, because I can't call dog Bella. That poor dog. Well, it's better than its original name, which was Poochie.
1: There's a second Simpsons reference of the show.
0: <sighs> if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. i